Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Wake up, guys. There's a real scenario we could be up through this through all of 2021. Mm -hmm. That's a real scenario. And now when you go that, when you have that paradigm and that view of what we're going to do, anything short of that is actually a success. When you go, it's okay, we'll be done by Christmas and we're not broken heart. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stop. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? Good. Thank you, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. Um, we are obviously still in our kind of our remote edition of the podcast. Um, and for anybody who maybe has stumbled into the show uh, within the last six months, usually we we do we did this in the first we, we did this in the same room for about the first three years. And um, for obvious reasons that ceased to be when what, like March, April, somewhere in that range. And so yeah. I started thinking about you know when when the lockdown started happening when the when the pandemic started uh getting serious at least here in the states um we did a couple episodes talking about what's going on we did a we did an episode about um, you know in in a, in some ways that this is this is what we've been training for this kind of unknown and unknowable and then we we got back into the regular flow of conversations regular kinds of episodes and i was thinking about recently that it might be interesting to just do a check in you and I just kind of doing a check in to see. I think we're about six months into this lockdown, into this, you know, what everybody's calling the new normal. Um, and so I wanted to just get a sense from you of maybe the lessons you've learned over the last six months, with the context being we're probably looking at this to some degree for another six months. Maybe, mm. you know, obviously we can all wish that it was less than yeah. that, but but chances are. Probably it's going to look like this for the next six months. And so I started thinking about the, the, the kinds of conversations we always have, right? We have conversations about uh, running a gym, running a business, about optimizing our own health, about um, pursuing athletic uh, uh, um, pursuits. Um, and so what I want to do is just kind of like get a sense from you of what you've learned in each maybe each one of these buckets, each one of these categories that we talk about often, just to see maybe what you've pulled out uh, after these six months and that maybe you'll lean into or 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 um, utilize going forward in the next six months, say. And so I wanted to just kind of put it out to you. I'm really curious because I haven't been down to the gym in six months. What are you guys thinking about at CrossFit New England these days, knowing that, you know, here in the Northeast, it's going to get cold soon. You guys have been doing a really cool job of doing parking lot workouts, but maybe at some point that's going to be really hard to do. So just, I just love to know what you guys are planning, thinking, what have you learned? What are you anticipating uh, going forward? Okay. So I think there's the, the, the gym aspect to this. And I think there's kind of like the, 
the how is this affecting and what have we learned outside the walls of the gym? Yeah, and there's definitely the parallels. That's what we love so much about CrossFit is what you do inside the gym is not um, isolated to that. It echoes outside the walls of the gym. That's what, if it doesn't translate to everyday life, it's probably not worthwhile to be spending your time in the gym doing it. Hmm. So, you know, one of the, I think the, for kind of taking the gym aside, I think the biggest thing, and this kind of comes from my wife, Heather, and she has really been really good at this and she echoes it multiple times a week, which is, um, you know, all these other moms and parents and, you know, there's so much uncertainty about what's going to happen with school and, you know, and, and there's, everyone's so disappointed regardless of what the, what the, what the actual situation is. And, um, God forbid they, um, get people to school and then three weeks into school, they send everyone home and oh my, there's this well-known kind of, um, happiness equation essentially, which is, or, you know, unhappiness equation, which is the difference between your expectations and your realities basically dictates how happy you are. Mm. And what Heather does a really good job of is not getting false hope. Mm. You know, there's having said that she and I, and the people around us are the most optimistic people that you could be around. Like we, we try really hard not to complain. We, um, we look on the bright side of things. We see opportunities, not obstacles. Yet what we don't do I'm not putting ourselves on a pedestal. It's just something that's come really to light. Um, it's it, you know, it's been a magnifying glass put on this over the last six months. Is the people that raise their expectations only to be let down, mm-hmm. and raising your expectations um, is just a recipe for that. So the principle behind this comes from like it's the Stockdale paradox. Yeah which is anyone that's read Jim Collins or anybody that's kind of, um, kind of dived into this research or like, frankly, listen to this podcast, you've probably heard this before, but it's, it is, you know, in prisoner war camps, the people that live the longest are not the optimists. It's not the people that say like, it's okay, guys, we're gonna get out by Christmas. We'll be out by Christmas because Christmas comes and goes and they're still not out. It's okay, guys, we're going to be out by Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day comes and goes and they're still not out. This is the pandemic. It's okay, guys. It's only going to be two weeks. And then two weeks comes and it goes and it's still not out. It's okay, guys. This is just for the spring. Summer will be different. And summer comes and goes and it's different. It's okay, guys. Next school year will be different. Next school year comes and goes and it's still not different. And these people die of a broken heart because – they get their hopes up only to be smashed again. They get their hopes up only to be smashed again. And in the prison, prisoners don't last in that scenario. Now, the people that also don't last are the pessimists, the ones that are sitting there looking at every single negative, going like, this sucks. This is terrible. You know, whether it's the prisoner war scenario or it is the um, you know, people in the pandemic. I can't believe I'm my kids still aren't back to school and I have to work from home and dot dot dot. Those people eat themselves alive figuratively. Mm-hmm. They just can't stand it because every day is such a grind. Every obstacle is unsurmountable. What you look for in life, you see more of. If you're pissed off, if I say, "Yo, Patrick, like um, I heard you're in the market for a um, a new silver Chevy Tahoe." Mm-hmm. 
you see silver Chevy Tahoe is everywhere. What you bring your attention to, you see more of. You bring your attention to the crap around you, you see more crap. If it's the realists that do the best, and Heather is a great realist. That's what I've learned from her over this pandemic. Mm. Don't say, so people around her are going, she comes home and she's like, people around me are going like, um, it's okay, we're gonna be in school. And it's, it's just like, every single day I check my email expecting them to be saying, you know, saying like, school's off, mm-hmm. everyone's at home. Mm-hmm. Every day she expects that to happen. Now, if it doesn't happen, cool, sunshine and rainbows. Right. It's awesome. You know, the deal is like, be an extreme realist. If it's raining outside, don't complain about the rain. Package it and sell water. You know, if it's sunny out, like, awesome, it's sunny out. Like, enjoy the sun. If crap starts falling from the sky, package it up and sell fertilizer. Like, it doesn't Mm. matter what's going around you. Like, embrace the harsh realities and make the best of that situation. And the last thing you want to do is get your expectations so high that you have nothing left but be set up for disappointment. I'm not saying be a pessimist. I'm saying be a realist. And there's Mm -hmm. a real, real scenario that we could be in this thing right through all, um, wake up guys. There's a real scenario we could be up through this through all of 2021. Mm -hmm. That's a real scenario. And now when you go that, when you have that paradigm and that view of what we're gonna do, anything short of that is actually a success. When you go, it's okay, we'll be done by Christmas and we're not broken heart. Mm-hmm. So this gap between expectations and reality to me is the number one thing I've learned about this. And this has, this is not being a pessimist at all. I feel it's a, being extreme realist and being a realist actually sets you up to be an optimist because that's what Stockdale was. Stockdale was able to live the longest in the prison war camp because he goes, hey, listen, there's a real good chance we might not get out of here today, tomorrow, or even next year. But you know what? Right now, today, this moment, I can deal with this. I can deal with what's in front of me right now. And we take the right perspective on things, it changes the way you deal with it. Because if you get too caught up in the magnitude of what's in front of you, you lose sight of what's actually in your control and you get a different future focus, that's when you get overwhelmed. It's not about whether your kids go to school next week, next month, or whatever it is. It's not about whether you have to deal with these different scenarios. It's what's in front of you right now in the perspective you bring to it. If you can deal with this minute, this second, it's a pretty good lesson to be pulled out of this whole thing. How much do you and Heather, how much have you and Heather over the last six months talked about that consciously? Like how much of you, how much has that been part of the conversation? Or is it that you both feed off each other in such a way that you don't need to talk about it because you're both on the same page and you're both looking at it the same way? No, we probably talk about it every single day. Yeah. So we have like, and maybe that's an exaggeration, but it feels like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard not to, I, do you think you've experienced like a day where like the pandemic and COVID hasn't come up? It's like, it's, it's really hard not to, yeah, not to have it be there. Now, what we do, as you know, well, is 
We try to live our lives by principles. Mm-hmm. When you live your life by principles, not by feelings and emotions, you get a much steadier sea. It's not yeah. as rough. It's still the same sea. It's still the same sea. But what you're doing is going like, hey, like it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it seems. Now that principle translates to everything. You came in CrossFit Games last weekend. We came in 11th place in one workout. The next workout, we came in 27th. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad as it seems. Stay the course. Now, if you go like, oh my God, this is so terrible. This is so terrible. Like, guess what's probably gonna happen the rest of the weekend? Not good stuff. But the similar thing happens. You come in third place in the first workout and fourth place in the next one, and you're sitting in first place overall. It might not be as good as it seems, because guess mm-hmm. what's coming up? The handstand hold. So mm-hmm. don't get your, like, you just don't get rocked. If you live your life by these principles and not by these emotions, which is built into our DNA as humans to help keep us alive, yet they don't serve us now like they used to when we had to build shelter every night. You had to ward off these things that could kill you every day. That's why your emotions are still a part of this thing, yet they don't serve you in this today's society where we have cars and the internet and refrigerators and air conditioning. It's just like, it's not a real thing anymore. Like these, we have to realize that these emotions that get the best of us are not serving us. And then realize that that voice in your head is telling you a story. And that story is going to end up dictating your life. That's it. That's the whole deal. A to B, soup to nuts, the 101 of mental toughness, fortitude, success literature, whatever you want to do is tell yourself the right story. Mm-hmm. Something gets in your way, cool. Let's overcome it. Like somebody, um, somebody talks crap about you on social media. Yep, that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what are we surprised about? Like it's supposed to be a brick paved road with unicorns running around and like everything is perfect. Suffering is built into us. It's the only thing that's guaranteed in life is you're going to suffer. Happiness not guaranteed. Suffering guaranteed. It's a part of it. Now, because you're suffering doesn't make you a unique snowflake. You're not a special flower. This isn't happening to you. So get past that aspect of it and realize this is a part of the deal. Mm-hmm. This is what I signed up for. When I was came through the birth canal and light shone in front of my eyes and I started screaming out, like second one, suffering. Like you were born into this. I was born in the darkness. Like it's a part of the whole deal. Like once you get over that aspect of it, then you start to see the realization of what's in front of you and you get to then see the opportunities that are in front of you. Cool. Like I get to spend more time with my family. That's mm-hmm. something I've been wanting to do for a really, really long time. Cool. Like I get to, my career's over. Cool. Maybe this wasn't the right career for me. Like get it. Check. Maybe I have more time to educate myself. Cool. I don't have time. I'm really stressed out because my business is on the fritz. Cool. This is just like it was back in the early days of being an entrepreneur. This is why I signed up to be an entrepreneur because I loved that stuff. I loved the stress of it. I loved the the high stakes. I loved the risk because that's what I want to be. That's why I want to be an entrepreneur. It's like there is no woe is me moments for anybody unless you want to lean into that woe is me moment. What advice do you have for folks? And this is this is a similar question that we've talked about before. But in in this current environment, in the with the constraints we're all living in, what do you what kind of advice do you give folks who find themselves in a house maybe 
with people who don't have this kind of attitude and they're trying yeah. really hard to maintain it because we're six months yeah. in the first couple months we could all kind of you know grit our teeth and get through it now it's getting yep. you know it's getting much harder what advice do you have for folks who maybe don't have a heather in their life to be able to lock you know arms and say okay where's the opportunity here what advice do you have for folks who who find themselves uh struggling to maintain that kind of mentality in a house or within a small group of people who are complaining, are setting up unrealistic expectations, all those things. Yeah. Um, great, great question. Um, the first one is it's, it's a, a great question and the right question because environment is number two. Environment is the number two factor that's going to uh, uh, dictate how much change you make in your life. Mm. So if you are in a hellhole. You are in a place that just is um, deep, rooted, seated, negativity, hatred, whatever it might be. Um, that's a really hard uphill battle, but it's number two. Mm. Number one is your mindset. Mindset is everything. It is the whole deal. And when you have the right mindset, you realize like even that can't penetrate me. Even that with the death, the destruction, the hatred, the suffering that Viktor Frankl went through, they couldn't penetrate his mind. He still had the ability for reason choice. That gap between stimulus and response is the ability to choose. And even with all of that going on around him, he chose to see the positive in that moment. So it's not saying it's easy because it's way harder to do that in a in um, a Nazi prisoner of war camp than it is at CrossFit New England. Yep. But where you are is not as bad as a Nazi prisoner of war camp. Mm -hmm. It's just not. Where they're ripping the people you love the most out of your hands and throwing them in a furnace. That is not something you're going through. So gain some perspective and take some ownership over it. So if you are in such a bad situation, so the other side of that is, um, I didn't have a Heather mm -hmm. before and Heather didn't have a Ben before. We grew into this. When we met each other, neither one of us, we were just positive people. We weren't yeah. the realists. We weren't the, we didn't have these principles. Um, we didn't know what we were doing, but we kind of morphed into this with intention and on purpose. And it's the intention, it's the on purpose, and it's you taking ownership that matters. I, we have some new members to the gym that recently, I gave one of these talks after a class and this young married couple came up to us and go, we said, um, yeah, thank you. Um, we were in a really negative environment with our families mm. and we decided to move away from our families because of this. This is, there are a lot of people, frankly, it's it's not the majority. It wasn't me. So I can, I sympathize as much as I can. Um, I would, with the people, if you are in a destructive enough environment, even if it's the people you love the most in the world, you need to get out. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's the harsh reality of that. If you, you know, it's, um, it's that saying that like your upbringing has more to do, where you are raised has more to do with the level of success you see in your life than any other factor, <laughs> more so than your smarts, your drive, your willpower, your athletic ability, your business acumen, where you are raised dictates more than any other factor. Because of that, 
you actually, what people don't realize is they have control over that. It's just harder than other things to change. If the world you are living in is so negative and so destructive, I'm not saying you don't have a Heather. I'm saying like, if you, if it's lukewarm, work through it. Mm-hmm. But if it's, um, whatever, whatever the right next thing is, if it's scolding hot, if it's ice cold, I don't know which one they're right. <laughs> if, if it's, if it's an extreme in the bad way, get out of it, sister, get out of it, bro. Like you need to like, you need to take ownership of this. And when you do that, that's the first step to me. Mm. Um, actually I take that back. That's not the first step. That's a massive step way down the list. The first step is realizing that you are in control of your mind. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there's new research out there that I'm kind of digging into now, which I'm really excited to bring the podcast in a little bit. But this mind thing is um, mind boggling. It's no pun intended, but mind boggling. <laughs> like to the point where your athletic ability actually has nothing to do with your athletic ability. Mm. It is all your, it's all your mind. Now you're born into a certain set of biological um, genetics and DNA. Once that's set, once that's set, the deck of cards, everything else is your mind. That's it. It's that great quote um, by one of those uh, uh, Florentini. Uh, I'm going to butcher it. I don't remember. Um, but is he said everything I have is because of my mind. My, everything else is just bands of rubber hanging off my body. Hmm. It's just that's it. Mm-hmm. You are j- nothing more than a bunch of rubber bands and sticks, muscles and bones. Everything else is your mind. And once you take ownership of that, you start working on that craft and telling yourself the right story. And when you see an obstacle, you go, ooh, that's a trigger, not a real thing. Usually when I see this thing, I go bad and down a bad way. Can I use this to maybe just, I'm not saying go down a different path, but just edge a degree or two away from where you used to be. And those 1% over time, Heather and I, Mm-hmm. You know, we've been married for 10 years, know each other for more longer than that. Over 10 years is when this thing starts to manifest itself. Mm-hmm. And I think the most, the, the, the most important part of that is, again, to bring back the context of this is probably what life is going to look like for the next six months to 12 months to your point, right? And Yeah, but let's tell ourselves, oh, no, this is, this is life forever. Go sure. ahead, say that. We're yeah. going to be wearing masks forever. Yep. Okay? You're not going to go out in public without wearing a mask. Okay, now anything short of that is okay. Mm-hmm. But anything else over that, if, if, you, if you flip the other way, like, no, we're gonna be cool by Christmas. Set yourself for, for failure. Yep. And this is not, I'm not saying like, going to competitive events saying like, oh, I'm gonna come in last. Yep. That's not what this is. It's about keeping all opportunities open because you could come in first. This thing could be over tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like it's all those things could happen. Mm-hmm. But don't hang your hat on something and say, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. That's when you're setting yourself up for the gap between realities and expectations. Here's to bring that to light. Just going to maybe like tell a story to exemplify what I mean by that and the power of it. Mm-hmm. You're back when we used to jump on planes and fly around, right? You get to the airport, you check in for your plane, you get to the booth and you get there and they make an allow- announcement over the loudspeaker. Um, flight 703 to Dallas, Texas. Uh, we were going to inform you that your flight is now delayed. Your flight time is going to be moved from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Seven mm-hmm. hours delays. We sorry for the inconvenience. Have a good day. <laughs> like, 
right? Right away, you're like, what? Everyone's pissed because yep. the expectation was it was going to take off on time. Now, what happens is after two hours, they go, oh, uh, flight 706 to Dallas, we have an update. That flight is actually now ready to board. I was like, woohoo, yes, awesome, pumped. Like they're pumped, yet their flight was delayed two hours. <laughs> yep. It's just because the expectations changed. Yep. It's just all what we do to set ourselves up for this. It's just a matter of expectations. Now, mm-hmm. if you set your expectations low, you're flying this budget airline, whatever it is, and then you know you're expecting, and they um, when you get in there, they um, unexpectedly have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. You're psyched. That's amazing. Cool. I didn't know. It's it's all relative to our expectations. So all we need to do is take the bigger, wider view, and don't pin yourself to anything, mm. and then start telling yourself a better story. Um, I, we, so I started the conversation asking you about the gym and planning, and I'm totally fine that we skipped over that question entirely, but what it does, uh, what, what I think I want to, gym's the same thing though. Totally. Right. No, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I was, I was thinking about tactics and specific lessons, but you're, you're, you're spot on and yeah. But my question now is, and maybe just to start to wrap up is there is, I imagine though, still a need to balance the. I can deal with today. We can get through today. We'll figure out what happens tomorrow with, okay, but we've got to, we've got to anticipate. We've got to plan for, we've got to make sure we're in the right position that if in three months it doesn't change, we're okay. Or what, whatever that, that time frame is. So how do you balance, especially in these times, it seems like that's a really important balance to try to figure out is the acceptance of today, but without closing your eyes and just hoping like hell that to, tomorrow, a week, two months, that you're going to be okay? Like, how do you, how have you thought to balance those two things out? Yeah, there's, uh, when you, you know, we talk about like the circle of control versus the circle of influence and the circle of influence is massive. And it's all these things in your life that you ultimately can't influence. You have no control over. What you want to do is you want to lean so far into it only, if possible, focus on things that are inside your control. So what are those things? There's, when you boil down, there's only two things. Mm Mm-hmm. There's only two things that you have control over. One is the mindset and the choices you make right now. That's it. The second one is how well are you preparing for tomorrow? Mm -hmm. That's it. So your effort and your preparation. That's all I want to know about you, Patrick, Mm -hmm. is how hard are you working and are you working towards the right things? What we don't want to do is climb climb ladders really, really fast and realize they're leaning up against the wrong wall. Yep. The biggest nightmare in the world is we become really, really, really efficient and good at doing the wrong things. That's <laughs> yeah. preparation. That's like, that's preparation. So what we need to do is figure out what do we need to do? So in the gym world, we need to create some, you know, really easy cash flow projections. Like when are we going to run out of cash? Like, okay, we're good for five years. Okay. Okay. Then probably don't need to take any massive action today. Um, we're going to run out of cash in five weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to take some massive action. So this is looking forward. We do want to look forward. We want to have an understanding of what's coming down the pipeline and prepare for all scenarios and probably plan for worst case scenario. Yeah. So I don't want to say that it's, it's a matter of being um, um, aloof. It's, the, it's again going back to the extreme realist and understanding that preparation is the number one thing that we want to do. 
I'm preparing my whole life for my deathbed Mm. so that I can get to my deathbed, look back on my life and say, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I climbed every ladder to the top that I want to climb. I was leaning against the right walls. Said another way is I, I spent my time usefully. That's all I want to be able to do is say like, I spent my time, the only non-renewable resource, I spent my time doing the right things. I'm so happy I did that. What we want to do is do the same things as business owners or as parents or as whatever it might be. As a business owner, when you are looking back on this in a year's time, you want to look back on say, I'm so glad that we put our effort, our resources, our time, energy, and money into that. Now, what that takes is some hindsight in the present moment. This is what is called being a visionary. This Mm. is what leadership is. This is you being able to have a pulse on your company, a pulse on the industry, and a pulse on what the changing landscape is going to look like for you coming down the pipeline. If you have that sort of understanding, you can make the right moves today. If you don't have an understanding of what the next little bit's going to look like, you're probably going to put your resources into the wrong buckets and be left with regrets. So there, it does take this little bit of reflection mode. And what this happens usually is through, you know, they said the saying is not every um, reader is a leader, but every leader is a reader. You have mm-hmm. to educate yourself. You have to get some understanding. So in all these different areas. And if you're a business leader, you, we need to be kind of like looking at these things. If you're a leader of a family, we got to, and reading, like whatever, like listening to podcasts, like going to seminars, it's, all that means is educating yourself. Yep. So it doesn't need to be reading specific. But the idea is that if you are a leader, you have to have a pulse on what's going on so you can make the right choices now. And then speaking of choices, the biggest aspect of that is decide. It's better to make a wrong decision than it is to not decide. So this actually came up. I just had a call with, um, I FaceTimed Cole Sager before we chatted Mm. and it rang forever. And I was like, he always, I've only called him once. I talked to him every single week for Mm -hmm. three, four years. He's he's only missed one phone call in four years and it rang forever. I was like, oh my God, he might not pick it up. And then he finally picked it up. He was like, I was trying to decide whether to pick it up on on my phone or my computer. (laughs) And it's like, it doesn't matter what the choice is. The only wrong decision is not to make a decision and you miss the call. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know what to get my child for Christmas. I don't know whether to get her the Barbie or yep. the or the Legos. And the only wrong decision is not making a decision, not getting her anything at all. Yep. It's like what I've learned from working with some, um, some higher level leaders a lot more um, seasoned than I am is the speed at which they make decisions. Mm. Um. And it's not even making decisions, it's the way that they execute on them. So when a proposal is made, some people need more data. It depends on the personality trait. They need more data, they're thought out, they're calculated. Other people are more instinctual and guttural. I'm more instinctual and guttural. I'm good at making a decision fast. I'm like, let's go guys, that's awesome, let's go do this. Mm -hmm. What I realize is that's not enough. The decision isn't a decision until you take action and move it forward. Mm. These really good business leaders, some are slow to make decisions, other ones are fast, but once the decision is made, the next morning when we come into business, the business looks different. Mm. It's totally changed. And that's how, then you can 
figure out if it's the right move or the wrong move. You can make these decisions because you can learn faster. That's all the whole thing is. These massive companies, Amazon, Facebook, Google, all they're doing is faster decisions. Yeah. They A-B test everything. They're doing thousands of tests a day and failing on half of them. When they fail them, they go, okay, that one's out. Now let's A-B test this, this the A one, let's A-B test that it gets another one, mm-hmm. okay? The B one this time, A is gone. And they're constantly making better and better and better things. And that's how they iterate so fast. They're literally making thousands and thousands and thousands of those choices every single day. Imagine if we had that capability as human beings, just to make the decision, what's the best one? Good, learn, build, measure, learn, iterate, go, build, measure, learn, iterate, go. That's when, that's when to me, life gets exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend, that was fun. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody out there listening. Hope you're staying well. Please do uh, check us back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.